The podcast which you are about to hear is politically incorrect and offensive. The opinions expressed by the three assholes recording it are done so solely for comedy purposes. Listener discretion is advised. This is the Whiskey Reel. Four and three and two and one. No reason, no conscience, no understanding, and even the most rudimentary sense of good or evil. If what you say is true, the Shaolin and the Wu-Tang could be dangerous. Your mother sucks big fucking elephant dicks. Got that? Come on now, dog. You know I give you the mad, fat, superfly, stupid, dope, dumbass, retarded, bomb shit props. Take a big step back and literally fuck your own face! <laughs> My brother was known to pound out the car. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> oh, shit. No, I mean, to get like a... It's probably a pound of meat that he gifted me, which in elk terms is... Uh-huh. Three 20, servings, twenty six bucks, thirty bucks. Oh, I would imagine this more. Point, yeah, elk is yeah. super, super pricey. Yeah, um, but he got it for free, so he was he just handed me a big package. Nice. Was it? Yeah. Oh, big Z, dude. I'm excited about it. Big love. He's a. By the way, big love. Friend of the podcast, Zach Son of Williams. A bitch. God damn. What a dude. love bug. How much fun was that? What a snuggle bear. He's a big snuggle bear. He really is. Don't we ask, were actually don't talking, ask his ex girlfriends. Uh, we were, <laughs> we were talking about you, uh, probably on Wednesday when he okay. gave me, when he gave me the elk steak. Nice. And we were talking about when he came on the podcast, mm-hmm. and you got Jutel. crazy fucked up. Oh yeah, like like out of control. Yep. <laughs> I mean, we were all drunk. We drank a bottle of whiskey by break. Yeah. Yeah, well, Zach had a lot to do with that. Yes. I know I did too. Yeah, but he, but that big he could just holds fucking, it together. God bro. damn, good lord! I know I'm the tiny guy in every situation, <laughs> and I, I just I might have gotten over my skis. You slipped into Nicaraguan <laughs> at some point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> woo! You were just speaking another language. <laughs> yeah, That's brother, great. and you were still slurring. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, it was it was fun. Okay. It was fun. That's nice. Um, Speaking no, of people that don't know where they're from. No, it's not good. <laughs> Old Santokio. Uh, the lying, liarist, liar of all liars that lie. Can yeah. we agree? What? And every day, it's a new thing. I mean, yeah. for all the bad shit I've done in my life, I don't know if anybody can construct a waterfall of shit. Like this guy is constructed. I've done some really not great things in my life. But if all those things came to light, it wouldn't add up to a tenth of what this guy has done or portended to do. So who we're talking about, obviously, is George Santos. A.K.A. A.K.A. I don't know. what it, Something any, defaulter. Any number of AKA. fucking... Yeah. Um, his <laughs> confluence of bullshit—it's amazing—just continues to grow. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, it's sad. So this week we got uh, someone did a deep dive into his social media history, found a tweet which is both incomprehensible <laughs> and anti-Semitic and I, anti-Semitic at the same time. I don't know which I find more offensive. Oh, it's all offensive. Um, he doesn't know what Heil Hitler looks like Mm-mm. verbally or Mm-mm. in text. Nope. 
uh, he I don't even know what he was referencing. <laughs> But he talked about someone should kill her, but then people would be offended. Probably the blacks and the Jews, which is always, <laughs> always, always a good lead off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that tells you a lot about your opinion. <laughs> to be fair, he did this 11 years ago, I think this tweet came out, sure. something like that. Mm-hmm. So journalists decided to dig some digging do some digging and they and they talked to his old friends at the time and i guess this was a more common occurrence than people would think yeah that he would make anti-semitic remarks but then couch it by saying i'm allowed to say it because i'm jewish right which has become a huge theme for this gentleman yeah if you want (laughs) to use that word yeah Anybody that wears a blazer with a half zip-up fleece underneath, yeah, he's. I have no time for, sir. Yeah, he's a tiger. I have no time for. Uh, he looks like a lawyer in Durango, Colorado. <laughs> yeah, but a little more rotund. Yeah, he's. Yeah, not, I, I not think in great shape. John Stewart said it best, and he made this. It, he called this out, and it's kind of really on point. The thing about him that is interesting is he is not exceptional at anything. He's not fat, but he's not skinny. He's this, but he's not that. His hair cut is shitty, but it's not too shitty. He looks funny, but not really funny. He lives in this sweet zone of mediocrity. Yes. Um, that is really interesting. Like yeah. he's non offensive to the people he's supposed to be non offensive to. Sure. And. You know, latching onto the Jewish community, especially where he is, his constituency has a, a huge percentage of um, Jews in it. So him doing the I'm Jewish, I'm gay, yeah. all of these things add up to a win for conservatives because he gets to be the poster boy of the new era. And then we find out literally everything he talked about was a lie. A lie. And anytime you give the press whether it's this side or that side, blood in the water, if you chum the water, which they've done to a huge extent, yes, uh, they're going to dig up every fucking thing that you said. The internet lives forever, right? We all know that. So I'm wondering when his own party are going to have the guts to do what they need to do, if ever. What is, what is the no going back line? What is he going to need to? What are what are people going to need to prove? One would think that they would have reached that, right? Uh, you would. Th- that's why I'm saying we haven't when reached you it yet. Are ostensibly not valid as a fucking candidate for being in Congress at all. But here we are, and he is. Yeah, and he's going to get committee hearings, and he's going to get fucking like. I don't know if they're going to assign him committee hearings. They can't right based on. They know the firefight. They have Dude. they have journalists at the house. Every time he's there, he gets more attention than anybody because they're trying to find a pothole for him to step in. Do you think at this point they basically just try to bury it and fucking keep him out of the public eye? I think they're going la 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 with their fingers in their yeah. ears and they're hoping that the other they want that vote. That's, That's all it. they want. They want they the only vote. have a margin of five. They want the so vote. So his vote is 
huge. huge. And there's no way McCarthy is going to come and do some sort of committee investigation. Although the his state, New York, in and of itself is going to do oh, okay. some sort of investigation about him. Um, it's his... And the way that you get him, we talked about this briefly a couple weeks ago with him. The problem is this thing just keeps living in existence. It's in the zeitgeist now. The thing that's interesting is lying is not a crime. You think it would be to be some sort of elected official that if you lie, you shouldn't be able to hold your post. No. Lying is not a crime, but feeding money into your campaign that was illegally gotten is. So they're going to go after his money. He first said that he personally donated $700,000. Right. He's then walked that back and said 650 of it wasn't his, quote unquote. He, they're finding ties to oligarchs in Russia yep. for his money. There's going to be uh, some investigations. And at that point, maybe Congress can't keep him around anymore. It's making me feel great about my ability to run for Congress. Yeah. I think I'd be great. I never thought for a second I would be qualified. <laughs> and look at this. I'm Now you are. I'm a piece of shit and I am <laughs> twice the man. <laughs> twice, twice the, the man. You actually served. Yeah. Right? I did. Okay. You actually um have degrees. Yep. Right? He doesn't. Um I don't think you played for a uh all-conference volleyball team. I did not. Either did he. No. Um, I don't think you worked with Goldman Sachs. No, not to the best of my knowledge. Either did he. So, you guys are on equal footing here. <laughs> I know. You know. I should run against Bobert. <laughs> dude. Any 500 votes, my dude. 500, 500 votes. 100 votes. Well. Scary. We That's are, where we are. We're at a point in history where we we choose the least common denominator, essentially. Yeah. There's people out there that are probably exceptional, but they're not going to run for office because money. they're actually out doing important things. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's all it's all down to money and what you can do and grifting, and we all know that. And that's it's going to be very interesting. The next two years in Congress is going to be um, hilarity. They're going to get yeah. nothing done. They're trying to put through bills that outlaw furries. They're really on the cutting edge of what people need in this country. Marjorie Taylor Greene yesterday proposed a bill claiming or she wanted to make it illegal for the president of the United States to sell oil reserves in uh, uh, order to bring down oil, uh, fuel costs okay. for American citizens. <laughs> she got in the Congress of what, 536 members, she got 15 votes. Because um, she's an insane person. AOC and, got more <coughs> votes for her psilocybin legalization yeah, totally. than this fucking bill. This is what we're dealing with. We're they dealing wanna... with dummies. Uh, They're dummies. It's all so that they then can go on... Tucker Carlson and Steve Bannon and say, I tried to introduce a bill for this and the rest of the rest of the Congress is corporate sellouts and th this is all a means to an end for an yeah. optical 
positioning. That's all they care about is optics. They want to be seen as the most MAGA, the most right wing. They know their donors then will come. This is nothing to do with policy, nothing to do with changing institutions. This is literally a money grift. This is, you know, guys buying 17 jets being pastors of a church. That's all this is. There's no substance to anything any of these people are doing. So we got that to look forward to. One last thing on Santos, this guy. Um, In order to come out and be able to make anti-Semitic remarks (laughs) without repercussion, he has long long claimed that he has a card. He's Mm. got the anti-Semitic card. Right. Because he's Jewish. Part Jewish, right? So he can say whatever he wants. Sure. I want to make a point. No, you don't. (laughs) You and I both are friends with the black community. Uh And yes, at times, young black men will come up to you and be like, dude, just say whatever you want. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. If your friends... It doesn't... Hurt my as, feelings as long as it's within they'll the throw you that, they'll, of the inner well, circle. Isn't that the key to the card, though? Is like that card is not transferable, dog. Not everywhere. You don't get to transfer that card. And, you don't get to like. And you're doing a little bit of apples and oranges. Kind you're of. Not, they're not saying that you're okay because you're one eighth black to say the N word. That's not what's going on with Santos. Santos is incorrectly saying that his family is Jewish and then trying to use that as leverage. His family is not. It's been proven. His parents did not, his grandparents did not escape the Holocaust. His mom did not die in 9-11. There's lie after lie after lie. That's what makes it bad. It's not like he's Jewish and trying to like jockey and use it as some sort of pawn or chip in some sort of negotiation or conversation. He's blatantly lying. Lying. And then saying I'm I'm going to I'm going to completely hitch my wagon to this fact that isn't true. Yeah. That's what makes it different than the metaphor that you used, which well, is a black friend that lets you say the N word around it's, them. It's actually it's not apples and apple, oranges. It's I've never it's had different. A, I've actually never had a black friend. That's <laughs> <So>. true. <laughs> Truth. A lot of a lot of Mexican, a lot of native. But I've I've never actually met a black guy. They're all POCs. You know, they're all people of color. It's all they the same. It's all color. the same fight. No, right? but you know what I'm saying. Like you do get that moment where they're like, "Yeah, say whatever you want." I've, I've had friends of mine give, give a me a quote unquote pass. Do I say that word? No. 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 Because we're smart. Not unless I'm on TikTok singing along with a Biggie Small song. Oh, yeah. Then I'm letting it fly, brother. Can't even get around it. Letting it fly. I'm like a white girl at a Kanye concert. <laughs> yeah, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Which is all white girls. Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, go to a Drake concert. Sam many people of color are there. Um, well, he's Canadian. Well... He's a lot of things. <laughs> Hood is not one of them. That is not uh, one of them. Uh, uh, just saying. He's Degrassi. got that good Degrassi high money. Degrassi. Degrassi, bitch. Uh, throwing out that date. Degrassi cred. <laughs> that Degrassi cred, bro. Uh, life is in shambles in a lot of ways. 100%. Hopefully not for you. Definitely not for us. We are riding strong. And you know this because we live in 
in Cloud City, looking down in you all, doing a certain, certain podcast called The Whiskey Reel. Yeah. It is the whiskiest of reels and the riskiest of wheels. We are back, feeling good, haven't missed an episode. Suck it, you lazy nerds. We're yeah. here to do work. We do are work, you? buddy. Have you done your work? Have you have you invested time to tell a friend about this podcast? A lot of you haven't. That's fine. You may have other things to do, like get super chaw on the mountain. You may need to smoke yet another bowl of 30% THC. That's <laughs> wow. fine. Do your thing. But why are you doing those things? Why don't you tell somebody about us? Please. We've been doing this for a long, long time. We love our long-term listeners. Tor, Kyleen, Kelly, all you fools out there. Even Sean Moe. Don't forget Dana. Who's a listener. Dana is not just a listener. He's part of our zeitgeist. He's one of the phantom limbs. He is the phantom limb. Um, we are back in Cloud City. I am sitting across from my brother. His name is Bobby Van Noys. It's oh. very simple. If you want to complicate it, you can. You can bring him into your nightmares. You can sign him to a long-term contract. There's a lot of things you can do with Bobby Van Noys. One of them is, if you fuck around, you're going to find out. You're going to find out. You're going to find out, my friends. Bobby Van Noys. It's not even Bobby. <laughs> and it's not even Van Noys. It's not even Van Noys. It's beautiful. <sighs> the hammer of destruction. Sits across from me, adjacent, adjacent from me. He is akimbo from Madagascar, from a familial standpoint, <laughs> from a genetic standpoint. He is Sir <laughs> Sir Antonio Branderas. Who who? Branderas. Hey, we never say Branderas anymore. Branderas. Wolfgang Fuck is in the house. Yes, brother. For this week's episode, we're back. I'm all of hop- the riskiest of wheels. You didn't say the riskiest. Of I wheels. did. Oh, okay. Brought to you by Wagon Wheel Liquor. We are going to flip the script for a little while. Full disclosure, because I've never lied to you, knuckleheads. I'm laying off the hard juice. I haven't really sipped anything too rowdy in about a week. And if you know me, you know that's a lot. I've been <laughs> delving a lot back into wine. Um, and trying to take care of myself a little bit better. I know that sounds ridiculous to some of you. I will never go cold turkey, but I will wean. And I have been weaning. Sleeping great, feeling great. Thank you for asking. Because of that, we went to our wagoniest of wheels, Wagon Wheel Liquor, sitting in the uh, Town Center Plaza, right by 31 Flavors. Count the flavors. I don't think there's 31. And then across the street is Walgreens, where you can get a prescription. Uh, you can't buy shitty Mexican Adderall, because only I have that. And uh, it's a weird thing to take. I'm just putting that out there right now. Yeah. Uh, coming back to Wagon Wheel, we went in there. We're not doing boozy booze booze. By the way, we need to let the supply of bourbons and things restock. We are struggling to find new product. Yeah. And that's not their fault. We've just been doing this fucking podcast for so long. We've kind of went through everything. Yep. So my background is wine specifically. That's how I started. I thought it would be fun and less ratchet to maybe get a bottle of wine. Me and Bobby can sip it like gentlemen 
thank you, instead of DGENs, which we are. And uh, we're backing it with some watermelon kombucha if you want to, if you really want to know what's happening. It's a good but, um <clears throat> Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, let's jump right into the wine. I know this label very well because I used to buy it years ago. I haven't had any current vintages. This is a company called Bedrock. They jumped on the scene and became very, very uh, well-known very quickly. They're from California. They do Zinfandel and red blends primarily is kind of where they cut their teeth. Some of their red blends, you can go to a store and buy it for 50 bucks, not even a restaurant where it would be 75. A little bit highbrow. This, interestingly enough, if you go online and look at this wine, this is their Old Vines Inn 2020 uh, Bedrock Wine Company out of Cali Cali. And if you look at them online, it's like a $25 bottle, which is, I mean, that when you start getting in the mid-20s, when you're buying wine out of a store, this is where you start having fun and things start getting like, it goes from level A to level B in taste and, and um, artisanal, like making. That's kind of where things start to get really fun without getting hyper expensive. The cool thing about this, and I picked it up over at the Wagoniest of Wheels, I recommend you go right now because they're selling this for like 16 bucks. Nice. This is about nine or so dollars underpriced from what you can get it online. It goes online for an average of $27. Right. Uh, so this is like 16 So when I, if you're a fan of Zen, uh, California Zen, not from Lodi, which is maple syrup. With is it Sonoma? Fucking, uh, this is the the thing about this. It's California old vines in, so technically they can get this anywhere in California. Gotcha. I'm a thinking from what I'm a tasting. There's a a pretty decent amount of Sonoma juice in here, which is expensive juice for you guys to know, like Geyser and stuff. It's a super expensive place to buy Zinfandel, but what it means is it doesn't have to be all from one place when you just call it California Zin. Yep. It's got a little bit of uh, Mouved in it. Um, it's got a. It's got some other small percentage action in there, but it's primarily. Um, in California, it's got to be over 80% of varietal to call it a varietal. So this is Zin. Old vine in California means typically anything over like 75 years could be considered old vine. These are 80-year vines. That's important. The longer they've been around, the most shit, just like with your grandma and your peepaws and your meemaws, they're old and they've been through shit, so they, they, they put out better product. They're wiser. These vines are wiser than young vines and it tastes like california's in all the red fruit is there it's relatively low abv by virtue of california's ends it's 14.4 which isn't a lot of californians get up in the 16s 18, and 17s yeah. um it's a little bit more approachable it's not as heady and cerebral as other california's ends i've had this is deep red fruit. It's got a little funky monkey on it. It's got a little stinky pinky on it. You get a little terroir, a little dirt in it, which is really, really pleasant. Definitely. To offset the ripeness of the fruit. Bobby, you're not like a super duper wine guy, but how did you feel about this? Because I think it's important. I can get all fucking flowery yeah. about it. What do you, What does it taste like for people you who just um, like wine? For this is not overly, it's definitely not overly jammy. Mm -mm. Definitely not over, uh, there's not a lot of pepper notes to it. Mm -mm. Um, this is just a really fruity, um, 
for a Zen, I think it's actually a very smooth, um, kind of easy drinking. I could literally eat salmon with this. Yeah. Like, it would not be that big of a deal. Um, you not were talking as a, about elk. Not as ephemeral as, like, a, a noir or something like that. But no. uh, it definitely has a little more body than that. But uh, I, I I don't need a big, thick steak with this. You could have one. It's but a little bit could. lighter than other it is. California's ends. It is. It's still substantial. It's got yep. that, like, masticated fruit, that fruit roll-up thing that happens with California Zins. It's got, definitely has that. You can taste the concentration and the extraction, but it's not over the top bodied. It's not a super dry Zin. No. Um, it's kind of a mid, mid plus dryness. So if you're a fan of hyper dry red wines, this might feel a little bit less than what you want. Some some California Zins are pretty astringent. Oh like, no, they rip yeah. your face off. Yeah. The tannin. Yeah. That's the and alcohol. That's the thing. Yeah. This is a little bit juicier. And when I say that is when you sip it, all your uh, all your salivary glands light up and you start getting juicy mouth. Mm-hmm. So it's a riper, juicier Zin without being uh, over the top or rocket fuel. Um, it's a fun. It's a sipper. It's a you can eat with this as well. Like Bobby said, you can have everything from you know a rare tuna to a ribeye. It would hold up with all those things without being overboard one way or the other. And it's a fun. Um, it's just a fun sipper if you're not eating. Yeah. It, it's not too much as a zen. And considering the price that we got, yeah, man, good lord. It, it, Go there as soon as you hear this. If you're a fan of Zane, go pick up a couple bottles because yeah. it's really a steal at 16. It really is. And hopefully they don't listen to this podcast because <laughs> they will raise the price. They don't. <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple of kids there that do. Yeah, they do. There's a podcast crew at Wagon Wheel. Yeah. Uh, Connor, is that his name? I don't know. And some other kid? Yeah. Horrible with names. Yeah. Yeah, but anyways, they they do. They it's either me. that guy or that other guy. They ask me podcast questions, <laughs> which somehow I become like the godfather of podcasting. I don't know why. Durango, it's stupid. Why? I have no fucking idea. It's because we've just been doing it longer than everybody else. Ah, that's the, uh, that's that the being thing it, I could come up with. We always sit down. Today we sat down at our friend's place, Second Deli. You know them, you love them. Old Zachariah and Colin over there. And uh, don't forget the best bartender in Durango, Josh Lobato. Josh Lobato. Um, it says it on a plaque somewhere. Somewhere. Um, that being said, <laughs> let Bobby, it be written. Let it be written. Bobby needed some vittles. We wanted to do this earlier today. So I met him over there and we just ripped it out there. Thing about doing, that's why we go to Amora and nobody kind of, I don't want to say bothers us, but we can focus more on what we need to do. We go into a place like Second Deli, and then you run into this guy and this guy and this guy and this guy. It takes like twice as long to get the podcast together. It certainly That's does. not a bad thing. We we love the people that we run into all the time. But it, it makes it a different kind of environment experience. And Bobby and I always try to come up with some sort of theme that fits within media. We're the whiskey real. Or right now, we're the wino film yeah. or whatever you want to call however it. However you want to do it. However you want to do it. And we try to come up with cool themes that sound interesting. And since it's a new year and a new you, we we figured we'd focus on the better sex. Oh. Right? I like that. Um, 
in these days of non-binary and non-gender specific, I th- by no means was this trying to pigeonhole anything. I am merely saying in film and television, there's what's known as badass women. Yes. And we thought it would be fun to focus on film and television of badass women. Because uh, there's a lot of them that yeah. you forget about. We focus more on either um, higher brow like genres like revenge films and apocalypse films and things that aren't really like dial in specifics. Um, we thought it would be fun to concentrate on those women in film and television that were like clearly fucking badass. And if you think about it, we're talking about anomalies in the film industry because we all know the politics the gender politics that go into filmmaking. Right. Women are at first ingenue mm-hmm. and they are used as sex objects and they are used in the background. They are girlfriends. They are secretaries. They are right. legal assistants. What are, how, however. Victims. And then they turn 31 <laughs> and you forget about them for 20 years. And then? and then they finally get to an age where they can play moms and they can play. It's, it's a very fucked up um, weird way that Hollywood has always approached female actor, or female actors and putting them in, in projects and putting them in properties. Yeah. You go from ingenue to mom and yeah. that, that lag time. Nowadays, it's less so because um, and this is no disparagement. Um, there's ways to take better care of yourself and there's procedures you can get that are minimal procedures. I'm not talking about facelifts and stuff, but there's things that that all of us, men, women, and non-gender specific, you can go and get a little tighten up here, Botox there, thing here, thing there. So that, that ingenue lifespan is not as short as it used to be. Sure. But there still is a breaking point when you become yeah. the leading romantic character yeah. and then transition into mom, grandma, right? Right. I mean, that's that's still there. Throughout history, there have been uh, certain filmmakers that have strived to overcome that and give these incredibly talented women roles that are true badass roles. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, they're more of the exception than the rule. Right. But I think it's worth pointing out, you know, some of these historical roles that we've just we're all in love with them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And this so, isn't going to be all of them. Obviously, we can't no, do all of gonna them. No, we're going to miss stuff. These are ones that immediately came to mind just based on conversation. This isn't like we went deep dive and researched everything available from the 50s, 60s, 70s on. But these are films that jumped out for us yeah. as being really important by virtue of badass women. Yeah. Right? And the first one you brought up is probably the number one on most lists. Sure. Number one or number two. I mean... You, so, you, you're you going back and forth. I'm going to talk about more... I, the first one that I brought up was Sigourney Weaver as Ripley. Easy. In the Alien series. Easy. One of the most badass characters. 100%. Obviously, and especially in James Cameron's Aliens. Yep. I mean, that role it encompasses it's really cool because they built her up as a mother exactly you know what i mean so she's getting like this sort of 
uh, gender role defined for her, right. but they also make her the most fucking badass mama bear mother that yeah. has ever existed Holy in shit. cinema. Right? Ever. Yeah. And she gets given to her in Aliens a surrogate daughter. Yeah, uh, as we get further into the, obviously, you know I mean? the mythos. And yeah, that's her arc is like, you know, in the first film, she's a survivor girl. She's in a horror Exactly. In she's the last second girl. film, they make her um, this incredible character arc that, I don't know, it's, it's, it, it's just unbelievable. It's a little tropey with the maternal super fucking but, cool but it doesn't diminish from the character's ability to be a fucking badass and go after the xenomorphs and for her not just to be a victim in the first one she was running and hiding and ducking and jumping in the second one she went full bore and went after it yeah and that was that was the defining moment for Ripley yeah. and that character um well, I'm going to bounce you around because okay. I have the list and you don't. Yeah, yeah. Talking about James Cameron, there's another one that we almost forgot that we would have killed ourselves had we not mentioned. Oh. But sci fi, um, you got to talk about Terminator. Similar. And you have to talk about Sarah Connor. Very similar thing. Yeah, 100%. Sarah Connor, Linda Hamilton's character in the first Terminator, is again very much in a horror film as a survivor girl. Yes. And in the second film, now that she's become a mother, and then not just a mother, but a mother to the potential future of the human race. Savior of the human race. She becomes this whole different thing. And a savage. And in a weird way, she becomes more Terminator. Than the Terminator. Than the Terminator yeah. is in that I think film. that was the point, right? I guess so. Well, fuck you, James Cameron. You keep replaying the same shit, you yeah. son of a yeah. bitch. <laughs> no, Sarah Connor was unbelievably iconic and she a, got yoked and she got yeah. like she would turn into a savage and honestly I think she's the best part of that film to uh, a large degree I, I mean I can't think of anything I like better in that movie and as they got Connor. away from her the series got worse and worse 100% go watch Genesis and talk to me yeah um, thrilled <laughs> back maybe if it wasn't Ripley let's get this out of the way I know Rex will love this because this is her favorite movie is uh, Mad Max Fury Road. And it's funny, they called it Mad Max, and the most predominant character was Charlize Theron. Furiosa was the movie. Yeah. That is her arc. Yeah. I mean, Mad Max is there in name. Don't get me wrong, I love what they did with that character. Yeah. I loved him as a supporting um, member of this weird... <laughs> Community that yeah. was going on there. It's weird. But Furiosa, Charlize Theron's performance was fucking over the top good. Yes. There are moments that actually, like, I wish she would have gotten more recognition because I think her character is actually better acted than people probably think. But that's I probably the nature of the movie. I agree. You know, it's just a big dumb action it is and it isn't there's a lot of there's a lot of symbolism and there's a lot of tropey things you can derive from it and but and you can you can go back into you know immortal joe and there's a lot of these really grand archetypes in the movie she being one of them missing an arm bad you know there there's it's a compelling character that we will get to see eventually. I mean, dude, you're again. almost uh well, they're filming the That's what prequel I'm saying. We right will now. get to see it again. I mean, she's almost the Harriet Tubman of 
the Mad Max universe. Watch it. <laughs> she kidding. is though. No, like, in in regards to her being the, she was the one that took it upon herself to change and yeah. save these and, young women that yeah. are being used as breeding material. Literally, she says, "Fuck that! I'm, I'm taking I'm t- them. I'm taking them, and I'm taking them to salvation somewhere." Right. Literally. You know what I mean? Yeah. Really fucking cool, man. Very cool. Let's bounce. I'm going to bounce you back and forth, brother. Do it. it this segment doesn't last forever, so i got to keep you moving. Charlize Theron also did another role, uh, since we're going to kind of bounce from Cameron to this to that. And when we say badass women, it doesn't mean that they're good. It doesn't mean... <laughs> oh, I know where we're going. It doesn't mean that they're like heroines. It doesn't mean that they're protagonists. Badass women in cinema could also mean that they are the ultimate protagonist. And Charlize Theron did a movie where she became unrecognizable, and it was a a film based off a real person um, that uh, was a serial killer, one of the first serial killer women, the movie Monster. uh, Where she transformed as a person. This was her Daniel Day-Lewis moment yeah um and that character was frightening so when we say badass yeah she i guess one way you could describe badass is like i'm taking control of my situation and that was ultimately her whole thing arlene werner arlene Werner, werner yeah um was one of the first caught serial killers in america yeah um and uh she her the whole premise of her Actions was that she was literally she was abused. She had all every chalk it up all the bad stuff growing up, and she decided she was no longer going to be anybody's victim, and decided it would be easier to kill her Johns. Yep, and to take control essentially of her life. She had that fuck this moment, right? You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. and it was it was turned into a philosophy rather than a moment, yeah. right? Yeah, true badass, true badass. Jesus Christ! <laughs> I mean, it's fucked up and it's frightening and problematic but yeah but it's some pretty badass shit we're gonna talk some OG real quick and then we're gonna make ourselves back time wise oh okay it would be remiss for us to not mention Princess Leia oh for fuck's sake I mean Carrie that's Fi- the first and this is your that's my first badass this is your first badass Carrie Fisher is Princess Leia it's one of the few things I think they did really well as the series went on and on and on was honoring her the reverence the reverence yeah. that they held for they Princess really Leia as a character yeah and I mean obviously in the canon novels and all that kind of stuff it was more so but I'm really happy that like they paid homage they really did to Carrie Fisher and and right up until her her death and she was a badass she Just didn't take no shit took no shit she did what she, she, she wanted a general she became you know? a general. Yeah, in a world of men, and she a became Jedi. a, 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 a yeah, you know, eventually, she was, yeah, she was uh, big ups to Cinnamon Bunhead, yeah, big ups, amazing character, amazing, <laughs> amazing. total badass. We're gonna Carrie t- Fisher. We're gonna get these out of the way because we're gonna move on to some more fun stuff. Okay, I realize badass. I know in the last twenty years, we would be remiss if we didn't mention these YA heroines, which are. Uh, Katniss of Hunger Games and yep. Hermione of Harry Potter. 100%. Um, they fall within the context of what we're talking about. Katniss being more of kind of like 
what we consider like badass. She took the world by the horns and did it her way type yeah. of thing. I mean, I think they both qualify. I mean, the minors seem to be a little bit more, but uh, they're very, they're both very proactive female characters. Yeah, which I think is what we're talking and about. defined. Yes, and, yeah, you know, yeah. they're very defined and not also rans. I mean, obviously, Katniss had a bigger scope and like an and action l- movie kind right. of persona. Yeah, but Hermione, that that universe couldn't exist without that character. Sure, and she became ever so more important as it went along 100% and both badass in their own distinct ways big shout out Kathy Bates and Misery oh we wrote that down because you have to you have to one of the scariest villains a female villain that has ever existed in one of the strongest female characters that we've ever seen ever crazy that was her first major film role and yeah she was a cuckoo bird but and she called it cuckoo bird cuckoo bird yeah good good call good call (laughs) um frightening frightening um uh, this was hobbled james con hobbled him this was (laughs) pre-stalker this was pre like internet stalker pre-internet this was you never thought that somebody could track you down and hold you hostage it was very um like pre-cog you know, yeah. it was very. She was like the ultimate stand. She was the ultimate stand. Yeah. And she even said, I'm your number one fan. I'm your number and one fan. And she was. Kathy Bates, when she's done and gone, um, hopefully not for a while, is going to go down as one of the most underrated actors that 100%. we got to see. She is a tour de force. She made American Horror Story watchable for years just because she was there. Which is um, saying something. Saying something. Uh, we're going to go even further back. Uh, let's go Let's go TV. And okay. these are just some we... I know there might be more. We talked about uh, Jennifer Garner, Alias. Oh, yeah. That was a big one. It was a big one. And that went on for six, seven seasons. It was a huge yeah. show. Yeah, I think it was like five or six. Yeah. It was J.J. Uh, Abrams... Kind of his first big thing. This was pre-Lost. Yeah, pre-Lost. Um, introduced the world to Jennifer Garner. Who then went on to marry Ben Affleck and be Electra. There's a really <laughs> weird dichotomy, though, that occurs in Alias. Yeah. That I, I was What's thinking that? about on the way over here. She's very much a badass. She is definitely a secret agent in her yep. own right, blah, blah, blah. But they also, every episode, dressed her up in fetish clothing. Yep. Every episode. Oh no! It was, ex- she was it's exploitative. She was a French maid, or she oh, was no. a club girl. It was exploitative to a hundred degree. Yeah, they made her super badass, and her arc was really good. And God, there was people in that show. Oh no! There's a ton of people that um, now are huge. Bradley Cooper. Yeah, that's where he got his start. Basically, yeah. was fucking Alias, yeah. which I forgot about one hundred percent. It was a huge show at the time. It gave her a start. You're right. We talk about female badasses. There was an exploitative quality to that there that was. wouldn't fly now. Oh, no, I don't think it would. You can't have the hot, temptress, spy. But when that came out, it was fun. It was it, just really fucking and fun. And there was no question that it was a means to an end. Her, yeah. her sexuality, even though I know it played well on the screen, it was a means to an end within the context of the character. Yes. So... Um, it felt a little less gross. But she had like multiple partners, and I mean like partner partners, in that film. Right. And none of them ever had to like... Dress down? Dress up as a pool boy. Yeah. Or, you know what I mean? 
but yeah. she was but always, she had to always be something. always in yeah. stilettos and how, how things have changed yeah. still a badass pretty interesting um, such a badass quick uh quick um you know i would say like i, I will touch upon it not to go deep in it but for the time uh Mid '90s, late '90s, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, um, come on! I know it's kitschy. I know it's stupid. But and I was never a big fan. I worked on the goddamn show and never was a big fan of the show. This is an iconic show from that time. It lasted years. They built an entire soundstage and studio around this show. It doesn't yes. happen very often. Yeah. Um, but still, Buffy became the. It, it started off as ditzy sort of yeah heroine but turned into something more it was still a female-led badass character you knew at any point buffy could kill everybody yeah and that was kind of the fun part it was was, she's this cute little teenage cheerleader and and there was multiple strong female characters in that show Uh, there was a ton of them you know what i mean and that Um, was that um, was for that time the little redhead, I can't think of her name. From uh, Allison something. Uh, yeah, yeah. Allison Hannigan, maybe? Hey, I don't know. Yeah, it sounds good. Um, charisma, you know, like, yeah. but they were like, she was kind of the, the foil in that show, right. but like all strong female characters. Yeah. And Josh Whedon, who has come under some criticism. Sketchy. Yeah, pretty sketch. But pretty that, sketch guy. that show led into um, Charmed and a lot of those spinoffs. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sort of, they related, kind he, of WB-ish. Joss, Joss Whedon tried to always have strong female characters, whether it was just Zoe and Firefly or yeah. River and Firefly. Great, like, great call. You know, really good characters. He did always like to have badass women. I mean, River and Firefly becomes one of the great badasses. Yeah. Like, she's a great character. What a great show. God damn it. Yeah, it's Fuck great you, show. Firefly. It's great uh, One last mention before I get to my, I would think, top three. Ooh, oh, I like this. Cut your head off, badasses. This isn't just, this Ooh, is literally, okay. these ladies will murk you and you have nothing to say about it. But before we get their last mention as female badasses is, I I'm going to get a lot of flack for this, but the craft. And this was a revenge slash empowerment slash. We're going to take over the world. We're going to, we're going to teach them what they did wrong and get our rep back. Um, If you haven't seen the craft, if you're our age, you absolutely have seen it. I don't know how it's going to hold up, but it has Feruza Balk in her prime. It has a bunch of character actors that you will see later on and recognize. But it was a good old-fashioned revenge witch, Wicca. Yeah, um, yeah. Back when that was cool, right? There was a lot of those like little weird ones. Very nineties, very nineties. About as nineties a movie as you get, as you will get. Yeah, it's pretty sick. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) everybody was listening to Kitty. It was great. Uh, Listening to Kitty, I love Kitty. Uh, There were three characters and actresses that uh, are are kind of genre defining for me there was a movie that came out not a lot of people know about it um even still they turned it into a series which i haven't partaken in but this movie was one of those movies i showed it to rex because she had never saw it is hana Ooh, thank um, you i'm glad you brought that one up kate blanchett uh sorcia ronan um it's got um what's his name eric bana eric bana og hulk it's got um a lot of wonderful actors in it 
and it fucking is fantastic movie. a coming of age movie for an assassin and somebody who's been trained their whole life to protect themselves and protect the people they love and it's a coming of age story with hyper violence and uh, this is almost like if you picture a 13 year old girl being John Wick yep. uh, and it's so well acted and Kate Blanchett talk about a badass yeah. she's just badass and everything oh yeah um if you haven't watched Hana, it's fucking amazing. Yeah. It is weird. It is fast paced. It deals with a lot of like growing up tropes. Yep. But deals with a lot of knife wounds <laughs> yes, and gunshots to the head. It's a I mean, she kills deer, she It's amazing. She's amazing. Yeah. It's a great movie. I, I can't oversell Hana. Just watch it. Very underappreciated film, I think. I, I agree. They tried to make a series of it, and again... I didn't see any of just, the series. I didn't either. Just It felt like a great one-off or a sequelized I just, with the same actor. I couldn't picture anyone playing Hana other than fucking Sorcia Ronan. She's so fucking She's good in that. amazing. Um, in the top two, you got to give it to the, to, the, to the elder statesman of badass. One is Uma Thurman as the bride. Ugh. Uh, and Kill Bill. Of course. Um, I don't know what you need to say about it, um, but every woman in that movie um, was a fucking nightmare savage. Yeah. Lucy Liu, uh, Vivica Fox. 100%. Um, were just absolute unbelievable. You couldn't take your eyes off of it. Yeah. Lucy Liu. Did you say Lucy then? I did. Okay. Um, she cut people's heads off. Yes, she did. Um, and looked great doing it. Uh, that bride character from Tarantino, um, I I don't know what you say about Kill Bill. People don't like one versus two or two versus one. Whatever. Yeah. I don't care. Whatever you like. They were both fucking phenomenal and better than your favorite director has ever made. So before you go to your third, yeah. I would just say Tarantino, also another actor that created badass female characters, but also fetishized very much those female characters. We don't. I just, was trying to separate the art from I the know. artist by just, that point. I just want. I feel like I should make a point of like before we get into Polanski. Yeah, and, you know. Um, yeah, <laughs> Tarant- Tarantino Polanski. has his problems because he's Tarantino. Yeah, um, those movies. You can't talk to me about anything negative about them other than specific scenes and you didn't like this or that. Go fuck yourself. Um, Those are some of the best action movies ever made and Uma Thurman could not be better in that role. She was... I don't know if anybody else could have played that. I don't disagree. Um, But her at the time. Um, A number one... You gotta give it to her for what she just did last year. You gotta give it to her what she's been doing for thirty years of being in action is Michelle Yao. And oh, we don't dude. need to talk about everything all the time. We've fucking blown our load on how great that movie is. But you go back to Crouching Tiger, you go back to her earlier work as just a straight up martial artist yeah. in a lot of Chinese films. Um this lady needs all the flowers. She's Somebody give her all the flowers. And she's being. a wonderful actress. She's yep. an amazing performer physically, stunt-wise, martial arts-wise. And she's and like I go back to, she's turned into such an emotive, wonderful actress 
yeah. to watch outside of the fact she can kick your ass. Oh, yeah. Because she can kick your ass. She'll kick your ass. She will fuck you up. Probably the only person on this list that is an actual real life badass. Real life. Like, will fuck your shit up. No bullshit. Yeah. Um, fuck you up. Yeah. Um, Michelle Yao, as far as female badass in the cinema, it's hard for me to get away from her as being my number one right there with you badass um she did the one james bond film with tomorrow never dies tomorrow never dies is that the one i don't know they don't all know. sound it's the same title but it's one of the pierce years. brosnan shitty and bond she was films. the best thing she's in the it. only good thing the in only the good thing movie. in it and she's beautiful and she uh, she's got such a good energy on screen yeah you gravitate towards her crouching yes. tiger being one of those moments where you it was like watching an art piece um she's beautiful as an actress uh, um and, yeah. and i'm glad at this ripe old age oh she's, she's getting, finally getting her flowers and you're gonna see a lot more of her going forward and i hope it culminates um, into some absolute real recognition she's been doing some success for her dramatic roles that doesn't she's involve amazing. uh karate chopping people in the neck exactly she's phenomenal even though she's badass at that i want to see her do um that. Real quick before we go on break, we got some honorable mentions. I was going to do an honorable mention do it. too. Um, we talked a lot about Charlize Theron. Yes, um, her character. I love oh, her Atomic Blonde in Atomic Blonde. I knew it, and I, we I missed that. Fucking love her. I love Atomic Blonde. It I love the soundtrack. I underrated. Love- you know, that was a movie that was a victim of marketing, I think. Oh, they, they tried to market it as a John Wick movie. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. No. It was a spy thriller. Yeah, and it was a comic book movie. With an amazing actress. Fuck you. Great It was movie. amazing. It's a great fucking movie. Fucking amazing. Uh, uh, Ramona Flowers, Mary Elizabeth, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. She, her name is Ramona Flowers. The most, I mean. Hated. Kind of. Revered and hated. Revered and hated. Total badass. I actually met a girl. She will pull a hammer out of her purse. And I fuck met a girl up. years ago that was in my phone as Ramona Flowers, mm. as most of you have that are males yeah. listening that are over thirty. Yeah, um, it was a yeah. I guess it was important to That's some nice. extent. And let's go into the future. One more last thing: the next Shazam is coming out. I just saw the trailer for it. Uh, by the way, the first one. Perfectly serviceable yeah. for DC property. Really cute movie. We shit on DC all the time. The next one comes out, and who is the main protagonist? I have no idea. Helen Mirren. Oh! And she is has godlike powers. She's on god mode, and she's kicking people through walls and shit. Let's give Helen Mirren her flowers. Might well, not be in one of those badass roles, well, but this could be her badass role. If you want to talk about Helen Mirren in a badass role... She is currently in 1923. Oh, I, exactly. And she... She's a badass. Is a fucking stud in that movie. She's a fucking... Oh, my God. She's a miracle. Bro. She really is. She's so awesome. She's fucking amazing. Love her. She is amazing. Um, I think she's a sorceress. How does she... I, I don't even want to talk about still, it. I still look at her. I'm like, you're pretty hot. Like, like, why you are, are 78. You are an old lady. And why I, am I... I'm, why feeling, can I stop looking at you? I'm feeling feelings. So weird. Um, <laughs> anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed that. We're yeah. going to go on a mini break. We're going to come back. I got a song for you guys. We're going to have some pearls of wisdom for you guys. And um, take this opportunity to not 
beat your pets. And we're back. Yeah, that was a fun conversation. I like. I that. thought it was great. I hope and we're still having it. the conversation. We literally have had it for the last fifteen minutes, forgetting things, and you know what? It's fine. Honestly, we've had this conversation for the last six years. We we did this. We put it on the table. It's yours to contend with. I'll throw this out there just for edification. Yeah. Nine seven zero four two six five three four four is our phone number. Badass women. Badass. Women. I'm ma- I'm married to one. Yeah, you are. Yeah. You are. Nine seven zero four two six five three four four is the number to leave us a text message or a voicemail or what have you. If you want to take part in what we're doing here on the Whiskey Reel. Give us a concept. Give us a topic. Give us something. Oh, yeah. And if we missed something, if we missed some badass female roles that you think talk need to, to be recognized, talk we, will, to we will talk about it next week. I guarantee it. And don't go historical figures. Yeah, don't, no Joan of Arc. Don't do that. No, none of that shit. Don't Come do on, that. Man. We're talking fictional. We realize, speaking of Harriet Tubman and Joan of Arc, and there's been a lot of. I heard that bitch was crazy, dude. Mary Queen of Scots. <laughs> been a lot of crazy bitches um, that will cut your head off. Whiskeyreal <laughs> at gmail.com. <laughs> Shoot us an email. I know you won't. Nobody's shooting us emails. No one's shooting Nobody us emails. emails anymore. We're all... I don't... I mean, I'm in the IT business and, and I... you don't email. Most of my clients just text me. Yeah, because they're not savages. Yeah. Why would you call me? I don't want to oh, talk. Oh, dude. Don't call me. I know. Just text me. Oh, when a client calls me, I'm just like, uh, oh, are we doing this? No, because it's nothing great. They're never going to ask how your day was. No, they're not calling me because they're like, hey, <laughs> how you doing, buddy? Everything okay? I got money for you. No, it's like, oh, hey, nothing works. Everything's broken. You suck. I hate you. Click. Yeah. Come yeah. back in 45 minutes or you're fired. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Pretty much my life. Life is amazing. Life is amazing. Um, it's a it's a joy ride. Hey, so have you been watching anything? Um, recently I have, um, I got into, I've been watching the most trash. Oh, bring it. This sounds interesting. I'm not even proud. I've just been watching trash. Um, uh, something that has, I've been, um, two episodes in, that's all that's available at the time of this recording. Last of Us, uh, Pedro Pascal. But that's not trash. It was great. Yeah, I've heard um, I'm, it's enjo- great. I'm, I'm enjoying it. I don't think it's everybody's cup of tea. There is a long story arc that you're going to need to contend with in the first and second episode, but now it's getting into uh, zombies and kind of what you expect based on the gameplay. Um, super fun and phenomenal actors. Um, Pedro Pascal's in it. 
uh, the young lady, she used to be in ER. Um, it, hard to explain. That being said, the young lady who's the opposite role is the one that played the young princess in Game of Thrones in the last oh, couple yeah, seasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's a fucking nightmare. And yeah. she's amazing. So they've front loaded it with a lot. They've spent a lot of money on it. I suggest if you're into dystopian, zombie-esque sort of things, Last of Us is super fun um, um, on HBO. Today, Apple TV really, or not today necessarily, but today. Poker they, Face? They, uh, Poker Face did just come out, which yeah. is Ryan Johnson's uh, new uh, situation with Natasha Leone And uh, Brody. Yeah. And, yeah, there's a bunch of, there's a bunch of big actors in it. And if you guys don't know Ryan Johnson, Ryan Johnson it now is famous for the Knives Out films the, the films and that he's writing that he had this in um play before like the glass onion really broke because yeah. knife out knives out was big, big but glass onion really like made knives out more important and did glass onion everybody gets this kind of sensibility and his yeah. humor and is sort of what he's going for and natasha leone is yeah. if you want quirky yeah, uh, I don't She's know if there's a quirkier actress for that. You know, outside of think, Parker Posey, yeah, she might be one of the quirkiest actors. <laughs> she was in like American Pie and yeah. um, Slums of Beverly Hills. And Rex reminded me she was in uh, the one with the the old woman Jared Leto, My So Called Life. My So Called Life, yeah, is where she. Gained that was kind of her breakout. Back, yeah. Low those many years ago. But she low is, those many years ago. She seems like she'll do a shot of whiskey and smoke a Pall Mall with you. It's really easy to remember that Ryan Johnson pissed off seventy five percent of all Star Wars fans forever with Last Jedi. Listen, I still like that movie. I don't, I don't care. know why everybody's so dick hard. We about saw that. it. We saw it together. We thought it was theater. great. We loved it. We liked I don't, it. Okay, it has well, its problems of course everything has its problems you when know. it comes to this universe also this is the guy that brought us uh the brothers bloom looper looper uh, fantastic brick i mean yeah we're talk- this is a very good filmmaker no he's great and writing wise he has this really fun sensibility to him i was uh, also but- gonna bring up uh bill lawrence's new series that he co-wrote with um, Brett Goldstein, okay, who you guys will both know as the key writers from Ted Lasso, right? And this is a new series called Shrinking with Jason Segel and Harrison. Have you Ford. watched it? I have not watched it yet, but I just want to let everybody know I will be watching this weekend, and okay, will report back. Yeah, uh, I've had week. my eye on that as well. Yeah, it, I mean, I'm you know me, I'm a huge Bill Lawrence stan. I know, you're a stan. I, I love Scrubs, I love Ted Lasso. You're a stan. Fucking Cougar Town. The Jason so Segel angle kind of we'll see. confuses I know. me a little bit. I'm a little, eh. Eh. You know, but I think Zach Braff directs a couple episodes. Okay. Brett Goldstein is kind of the head writer okay. for the show, who's a very, very funny man. He's um, Roy Kent on Ted Lasso. Is Jason Segel going to cry? Hopefully. I At mean, one point. Yeah. He's going to I think he cries in the trailer. 
<laughs> but yeah, so ah, long story short. Anyway, we'll we'll report back on shrinking. Uh, you said that you were bringing a song. I am. We missed this a couple months ago. If you could imagine, there's been a lot of stuff going on the last couple months. Stuff is happening. Holidays and whatnot. We've been leaning hard on Deftone-esque stuff. Uh, but we're talking about, you know, um, a lot of bands have been influenced by Deftones lately. They're having kind of a weird resurgence in the music community. I think people are finally understanding what they are. They just got trashed as new metal for a while. And now people are understanding they were a lot more impactful as a band over the last 25 years. Yeah. Uh, 30, really, when you look at everything. Um, then people would like to recognize and sure. one of the main drivers of that uh, group and one of the th- um, main brains of that group was the singer Chino Moreno and he's a very interesting man in his own right struggled had some problems has never stopped making music if you're a fan of Deftones you also probably know about a group called Team Sleep which is more like ambient like Nothing like the Deftones. And he paired up with a DJ uh, several years ago, and they put an album under the name Crosses. And they're, they don't even really go by Crosses. It's just three literal Crosses yeah, is yeah. their name. <clears throat> and I told Bobby, which he got very excited about, their new album dropped a couple months ago. This is far and away. I don't even need to talk about their old stuff. This album is so well done and mixed so well and so thoughtful. Uh, It's uh, between dancing and crying the entire time. It lies uh, between Deftones and Team Sleep, um, lives crosses. And they finally hit their mode. They hit where they need to be at. It's got a lot of critical acclaim. I missed it because I missed it. And I want to come back and circle back, not just because Chino's involved, but because honestly, the music is compelling. It's different. It's solid. It's well thought out. And the production on this, I can't overstate, is amazing. They uh, One of the first singles they came out with is Sensation. And uh, I, you hear it for yourself? heard that yet that's fucking great god damn chino moreno is such a crafty vocalist he crafty is a good way to put it because we always put the maynards and the patents and guys like that vocally because their range is so dynamic and they can do so much chino at the end of the day i think when the road is run and we're old men sitting on the porch which always was funny to me because as a young kid listening to like hip hop and like hardcore, I'm like, 
God, it's going to be funny when I'm old listening to this music. Yeah. Whereas my parents are listening to like fucking Fleetwood Mac and, you know, which is still hyper relevant. But um, Chino is going to, his best work's going to come when he's gone. Yeah. Um, he's different. Yeah. Nobody is him. Mm-mm. And I say the same thing about Patton and Sure. And, and I say the same thing about these vocalists that are so unbelievably set apart. And he's never gotten his flowers. No, because he's not a dynamic singer. He's he, dynamic, but it's he, not he's not traditional in any sense. No. Like any he, sense. he has this thing where he's like he's trying to make love to you with his voice in a way, but it's not romantic. It's but I don't know it, how to describe it. But isn't it? It's sexy. It's like it's sexy. It's like street romance. Yeah, you know, it's like curbside romance. Yeah. you know where yeah. he's, you know, he's in the long dickies with yeah. Hanger, with hey high girl. socks. Hey girl, what's up? Yeah, but he's got uh, there's a there's a I know you can hear me a gothic <laughs> nature. Yeah, to him. Yeah, yeah, he does. And his singing, it's no. baroque. Yeah, it's, it is. It's gothic. That's a really good way it's to put it. It's very performative and uh-huh. theatrical. I love without it. Without being completely well-versed in scales or or, no. or range. Yeah. Chino's Chino. He lives in his area. And as a vocalist, as a guitar player, if somebody can know who you are as soon as you play, you've done something right. Oh, yeah. There's no mistaking Chino. And this whole album... By crosses, it gets better than that single I just mentioned. No, oh, I. It's yeah. existential. It wow. really is beautiful. It's baby making music. It's yep. oh, I want to yeah. run on a trail music. Yeah, it's driving music. Um, they they did something great with this album. I dig it. Yeah, man. Well, you know how I feel about Gino. I know. I mean, we're. Such a layout. He's one of the, he's one of the reasons we're friends. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> it really is. Um, yeah, yeah. He's responsible for the whiskey reel. Yeah, kind of. Give him his flowers, man. Yeah, kind of. Thanks for bringing that. I, I, seriously, <laughs> it's I, you're gonna enjoy it quite a bit. I'm gonna right? listen to that this weekend for sure. I'm already in the process of getting that on vinyl. Yeah, which is gonna be fun. The only thing we're missing from the. Deftone catalog is going to be if they ever release Eros. As and I have right a feeling now, they might not. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't either. Um, yeah. They released part of it, um, yeah. which was unfinished music, sort of. But as soon as Chi died, I think that album went with it. Yeah. And they're already on to different things. You know? And for those of you that don't know, Chi is. Um, a guitarist that played with Deftones, he got into a car accident. Yeah, and he had a bunch of problems with... He was substance abuse. He had substances, yes. So we don't know what the context of that was. He lived in a coma for, God, um, a while. A long time. A long time. Yeah, man. And when he finally passed, a lot of people thought, well, now they'll go ahead and release this album that so-called... The talk was that they had pre-recorded this album that it was ready to kind of go. Yes, but I don't no. think it was. It wasn't. And I have a feeling we'll probably never hear that album, but yeah, if keep making keep making Koyonakan, keep keep making 
gore. Yeah. Keep making ohms. Just be Deftones. And we'll be just fine. Yeah, I'm just fine with what just they're doing. Just fine. Um, I love them so much. <laughs> Is that obvious? Uh yeah, do you want to move on? Yeah, it's to time. the clutchings. It's time of the pearlses. We're gonna clutch our pearls of wisdom. Here we are, and you guys wait for this every week. God bless your heart. I know it's funny. I'll actually keep this very brief and do just, it. Um, I love sharing music, and that's why we kind of do this podcast. Yeah, that's how we. Uh, started to become friends. It really is. We it was music a, tied we a, this whole thing together. We were in a garage drinking scotch for some fucking reason because we were our our rest in peace friend Brian's house. But it was thirty two year old Lafrog. It which, was thirty two year old Lafrog. Have no, you don't have that because this is eighteen hundred bucks a bottle. We were just happened to be in the right place at the right time. But this cat, God rest his soul, was a scotch aficionado and Jesus. just bought crazy bottles and yeah. was more than happy to just be like, hey, I just met you. Try you, Would this. you like two fingers of something you've never going to have Do you want again? $300 worth of scotch? Sure. All right. Let's, Let's try do that. It. And uh, that's how Aaron and I actually met. That is the genesis of this podcast. That is the genesis of our friendship. Yeah. <laughs> was that night talking about Wu-Tang. and It was think, 90s hip-hop mostly. I think we got on to Liquid Swords. <laughs> is when and that we, was it. That's when we were like, yeah. That was it. Just, just, yeah. hu- just hug me. We're I think good. we're going to be friends. We're good. We're good now. <laughs> oh, and Quicksand. And Quicksand. And definitely which Quicksand. Is, we're gonna, we, we need to do an adjunct to the Whiskey Reel. Yeah. Um, where we just talk music. I don't disagree with that. Because we get very it's film so heavy. so much editing. I know, but we so don't... So much editing. But it doesn't have to be. I think the conversation around it is Yeah. Enough. But man, being able to give someone a glimpse Ugh. at what we're talking about, really... Walking backwards! <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I have this new friend... Um, that I met online in Telluride. Okay. And um, we were conversing last night, and she was like, she's like, I got to go to fucking bed, dude. I can't sit here and talk to you all night. Right. And she's like, I'm a mother. I have to do things. And she's like, just send me a song. Mm. And I was like, all right. So I sent her a song by one of my favorite bands, The National. You're such a <laughs> go fuck yourself. Just, just listen to the fucking story. It's my time. I love you. This is my time. No. <laughs> uh. So I sent her this song from The National. I have no idea. I just went to bed. And um, this morning at like 7 15 a.m., I'm assuming she's getting up, going to work or something like a Doing real human. Doing mom stuff. Like a real human. Uh. And I'm just laying in bed like, like a shitbag. Just drinking a seltzer probably <laughs> <laughs> watching the dan patrick show <laughs> as, I am, as i'm want to do like a red-blooded american <laughs> she sends me a text and um it was just a picture of her stereo in her car and she's just streaming the national like nice she was like i fucking love this band are you serious i've never heard of them they're really never, good you know i'm like oh yeah yeah is that not the best feeling? When you take something you love and you put it out in the universe and someone responds to it and they're like, oh, I get it. I get why you love this. We're going to turn this into a multifaceted clutch. Okay. Because what what I think, and I don't want to... 
I think any time, especially with music, yeah, it's more so. It's less so with sports. It's less so with film. Yeah. It's less so with politics. I think when you match common denominators in music, yeah, it's an insight to the person you're talking to. It's a relative basis of communication for who you are as a human being. I think if you run into somebody and you have these natural inclinations to enjoy the same music, it's so much more important than everything else. I don't know why. There's like an there's an aesthetic to it. There's like a um, existential thing that happens with music. If you've ever enjoyed something to the bottom of your heart with somebody else in music, you're instantly tied to each other. There's something special about it. Let me say that, let me ask you this. Is it because music is its own language? Think uh, yes, everyone recognizes a time signature. Everyone recognizes Melody, chords, Musical is very, very universal. 100%. And it's a way that we can all speak to each other. Film is not that. Film is incredibly subjective. And film has got its own rhythm. It can be hard. You have to film is past film. It's a tougher translation. Right. Music is a very easy translation. You can... Someone could send me a Manu Chao fucking song. Right. Who's horrible? But like, but the, but I, but I, but no. But you know what I'm saying. But I can recognize it. I can hear it. I can understand what as they're trying to say language, to me. As far as, in as much as you're talking person to person, I don't think there's a better communicative language than music. Yeah. And more so, if you meet somebody on the street. You go have a beer, think you're going to be friends, and they're listening to Chris Stapleton. Sure. Which, if you do, great. If you're listening to that, and I'm listening to Joey Badass, 1999, great. chances are we're not going to be able to communicate. Because it's funny, because you read people on that. It's It's more so like, I voted for this, you voted for that. If you like this and I detest it, I don't know if we can be able to communicate on a level. It's 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 like this. It's like this this indication that you get from somebody simply by the music they listen to. So it's it becomes such a divider. So you're saying it becomes clarifying. It can be like for what sure. People love a hundred percent. Because if your favorite if your favorite band in the world huh. is All right. a band that I don't necessarily respect, my brain instantly goes into I don't I'm not going to like our interaction mode. And that's unfair. Yeah. That's stupid. That's short sighted. Yeah. But I also know that the people that I know that like the music I like, I get along with really well. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong. I, I think that's the might be the connective tissue. I've broken up with a lot of girls that like Sublime. 